Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC 248, Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero. And Shaq, it's going down this Saturday in Las Vegas, Nevada. The middleweight championship on the line. You got the undefeated champion, Israel Adesanya, taking on one of the scariest men in middleweight history, Yoel Romero. Yeah, Israel Adesanya, the style bender. I mean, this guy, he's got all the swag in the world. He backs it up in that cage. I mean, look what he's been on lately. I mean, starting with the Brad Tavares fight, then he goes into the uh, Anderson Silva beating one of the one of the goats of our uh, generation. And then the last two performances, the one in Atlanta, Kelvin Gastelum for the interim title. I mean, you know, you're not going to see too many fights better than that one. And then Robert Whitaker putting him, putting him down in the fashion that he did, man. This guy, I mean, stamped himself as a legit champion and uh i'm interested to see how he uh you know takes this next step because we know yoel's coming off a loss to you know what was supposed to uh supposed to be uh israel's next opponent paulo costa so it was a good it was a good fight enough for, uh that yoel didn't really lose too much stock in that fight so I, i'm glad to see him get back in there in another title fight and at least he gets another opportunity man he's been so close several times i know he could have you know at least been an interim champ the, the night he knocked out luke rockhold but uh you know he, he unfortunately he pulled a, a a davison and missed weight so it'll be cool if he uh did yeah and man i got so much respect for adesanya because he didn't have to take this fight against yoel romero he said his legacy would not be complete unless he fought the man that many consider to be one of the baddest men in the middleweight division and Yoel Romero and uh, Israel's taking a serious risk look he's got the Paulo Costa fight waiting for him all he's got to do is sit out a couple months and then you got your number one contender but he says no I want to challenge myself against Yoel Romero in order for my legacy to be complete. You got to respect the guy for something yeah. like that. 100%, man. He's got some big balls. And, man, the co-main event of the evening, you got Wiley Zhang. She's 20-1. and one. Now, allegedly, that one loss, I read an interview with the opponent that beat Wiley Zhang, and that opponent said that it was actually an amateur fight. So we could be looking at 20-0, and 0, Wiley Zhang, and she's taking on the greatest strawweight of all time, Joanna Young-Jacek. Uh, in order to really cement yourself as a true champion, you got to go out there and beat someone like Joanna, especially in that weight class, Shaq. Yeah, Joanna champion, uh, and she was the initial strawweight queen, man. She had that great run for so long. You know, she fell up on some tough times, hasn't been able to gain that uh belt back and hey she gets another opportunity as well man she's still out here you know when she takes her step down in competition she usually goes out there and handles handles business uh you know quite appropriately enough to get consecutive title shots this is a great fight why lee shocked everyone her last fight in that title fight in china knocking out andrade who you know uh joanna also has a win over but man in the fashion that she did in less than a minute, I think it was. So, I mean, uh, Wiley Zhang, man, she uh, she might be the real deal here. Man, it's a clash of styles. It's a clash of personalities. Obviously, you know, Joanna's feeling confident, you know, pointing that number one finger and, you know, calling herself the strawweight queen still. So I cannot wait to see their face off and obviously the fight that's about to go down. Well, Shaq, uh, before we break down this card, start to finish, got to let them know to go to our website, bestfightpicks.com, and get our plays. Obviously, last week, coming off that Brendan Allen dog bet. Prior to that, went big on Yan Zone, and uh, it's been a good run so far, so go to bestfightpicks.com, use that promo code 2020 for 20% off our VIP plays. And Shaq, let's break down this whole card start to finish, because first up in the Bantamweight division, we got a matchup between Argentina's Guido Canetti. He's 8-4. and four. And Mongolia's Dana Batgirel is 7-2. and two. 
Currently, they got Dana Batgarel minus 135, and the comeback on Guido Canetti is plus 115. Well, look, Guido Canetti is the more popular fighter here. He's been in there with Mr. Perfect, Kyung Ho Kang. He's been in there with Marlon Chito Vera. He also was on the first ever Tough Latin America, so... People know who Guido Canetti is, but look, Dana Batgirl went out there against Haile Alatang, had a fight of the night in his UFC debut. They lined him the favorite here. Uh, which way are you going, man? You know, yeah, man, he uh, did go in there, get a fight of the night with Haile Alatang, who turned out to be someone, I mean, he did beat Benoit, who... He's 2-0 and in the UFC. Who, who beat Sergio, who who beat Benavidez, <laughs> <laughs> who beat Cejudo, you know. Uh, but, nah, I think that this is a good fight to open the card. Guido Canetti, he always brings excitement to the cage. And he, I mean, he's pushing 40. He's a, a former uh, USADA, you know, a former uh, USADA abuser. I mean, look, the guy, you know, he's had his, uh, his trials and tribulations. But, you know, I think it's, he, look, he can definitely, he's live for a first-round knockout for sure, a first-round stoppage. But if this fight gets in a dogfight, you know, the blood starts leaking from Guido Canetti. If any adversity pops up for Guido Canetti, Usually he looks for his uh, for his way out. So I think that from a betting perspective, there's a certain price you you can uh, you know have a limit with Bakaron. I mean he I'm, he's not the best guy. He's bottom dweller of the UFC, but he's fighting a 40 year old guy who I mean, like I said, if any adversity pops up in this fight, if he gets dropped, if he you know uh, has to go through any any tough situations, this guy will definitely look for his way out. So I'll I'll pick Bakaron. But uh, I don't want to say I think it's a pass fight, man. I think that he's good enough to get the win here, but I think it's a, a you know accurately lined. Yeah, look, initially I was thinking it might be a dogger pass situation, but then when you go back and actually sit down and watch the film on Guido Canetti, I just cannot trust that guy at forty years of age either, man. You know, it's not like a Yoel Romero forty years old, Shaka. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I guess watch his tough fights. Um, if I mean, who do who do you get knocked out against? Uh, was it Gabriel? Um, he beat Marco Psycho Beltran, right? Yeah, who did he knock out? But someone knocked no, him out someone, stiff. Was it was it Alejandro? I think it might have been Alejandro, right? Yeah, I think it was Alejandro. Yeah, Alejandro knocked yeah. him out in the first round, and he actually lost to Marco Psycho Beltran, by yeah, the way. Exactly. So. uh yeah, you know, with Guido Canetti, he's fun to watch because he brings that explosive blitz in that first round. And if you're not quite ready for it, I mean, look, even Hyung Ho Kang and Cheeto Vera had to weather a small little storm in that first round. But once they took over, they took over in devastating fashion. Now with Dana Batgarel, I know everyone's going to mention this win he has over Kai Car of France. But if you're going to mention that, you also better mention that Kai Car of France was 3-2 and two at the time. So let's not put any stock into that whatsoever. You know, <laughs> you know Kai, Kai's had like 25 fights since then. You know what happened <laughs> if they rematched? Yeah, so... Uh, Look, I think this is a matchup where Dana Batgirl, as long as he doesn't get starched in the first round, I think he, I think he can take over the second and third, come out here and win this decision. But it's contingent on him not getting badly hurt in that first. So let's see what happens. Next up in the featherweight division, we got a matchup between Jamal Emers. He's seventeen and four, and Giga Chikadze. He's eight and two. Currently, they got Jamal Emers minus one eighty-five. The comeback on Giga Chikadze is plus one sixty. Well, Shaq, uh, Jamal Emers finally making that UFC debut. This is a guy who 
on his best day, he's got wins over Alexander Hernandez, Corey Sanhagen, but on his worst day, he has a knockout loss to Julian Arosa. So I got to know, Shaq, is he going to have a good day or a bad day Saturday night inside the octagon? And this is a really good matchup because, you know, he was initially supposed to fight my boy Masvar, but my boy Masvar uh, unfortunately had to pull out of this fight. So now uh, Kachikadze had a fight against uh, Mike Davis a couple weeks back, but uh, Mike Davis pulled down. So, hey, they get to run it here and... uh, I'm I'm very excited. So Emmers, man, like you said, he's got the wins over Sanhagen and Hernandez back in the day. He beat them both by decision. And it seems like he's a well-rounded guy that just likes to move forward. He kind of has a karate stance. I see him uh, doing a lot of training with Darion Codwell, who, you know, pretty much is in the finals in that uh, Bellator uh, thing. So I think that uh, Emmers is a good fighter. But, man, I was impressed with Giga Chikadze's last fight against Davis. I know Davis is, you know, uh, out of the UFC now, but there was some improvement in his ground game. I heard he's been doing some privates with uh, Benil Dariush. You know, uh, he's been working on his ground game. So uh, I feel like as far as if these guys stand, I feel like Emmers is a little thicker. He's a little bigger. Uh, you know, a little more stronger. But, man, if he starts moving backwards, if he starts standing out there in space with Giga Chikadze, I think G- Giga Chikadze has the advantage. So I think that uh, from a betting perspective, for me personally, it's Dogger Pass. I feel like Giga Chikadze, if he continually is making these improvements that he's uh, making, I think that he can, you know, at least stand out here in space enough to win two of the three rounds. I feel like Jamal Emers has, I don't want to say a suspect chin, but I have seen him wobbled in the past. And uh, when he can't get his takedowns, uh, he struggles. But if he's smart, he's going to definitely be looking to press here with the takedowns. He's got a lot of submissions on his record. So I see why he's favored. But uh, I would just, for me personally, I would make it more like minus 135. I think that Giga Chikaje striking in MMA against certain guys, man, he can make him look really silly. So uh, he did slow down against Brandon Davis in that third round. But, man, the first two rounds I was very impressed with. So I'm actually going to go with uh, Chikaze here in the upset. Man, so Chikazi's come a long way. If you watch his contender series fight against Austin Springer and then compare it to the guy we saw against Brandon Davis, it's a completely different guy. So got to give him credit. He's definitely in the gym making improvements. But Jamal Emmers has, man, he's got so much more experience. And it really comes down to what you said. If he is smart, he will take this fight to the ground. It's just I don't know that he is smart. You know, if he was smart, he would have went out there and beat Julian Arosa also. So... Man, it's a tough one to to call here, but I am going to slightly favor Jamal Emmers here. You know, he does have the wrestling, and that is a part of Giga's game that needs a lot of work, but an upset's not going to surprise me, and I I do agree. It is a dogger pass situation, but I'll personally slightly favor the favorite here. Now, next up in the strawweight division, we got a matchup between Emily Whitmire, she's 4-3, and and Pollyanna Vienna is 10-4. and Currently, they got Pollyanna Vienna minus 120. The comeback on Emily Whitmire is plus 100. Well, you know, uh, people were people were cracking some jokes after uh, Emily Whitmire's last fight. They were calling her Quitmire. They were calling her Shitmire. You think she gets back on track here as an underdog against Vienna? Yeah, I mean, look, she definitely got embarrassed her last fight because, you know, the weigh-in situation with her and Rebus. And Rebus uh, is legit, in my opinion. I feel like Whitmire, look, she. I think she was just... I mean, I actually thought she looked probably the best she ever had on the feet. And striking-wise, it's just Rebus with the jujitsu and the and the pressure is on a completely different level. So, uh, And then you got Viana on the other hand, who it just seems like it's getting worse and worse. I mean, you know, uh, who she beat in her debut? Maya Stevenson, you know, who's a, a complete... Uh, ever since know. that fake article came out with her beating Look, up that guy that we actually like know... I, like I said, she never beat up any guy like... Tiago beat that guy <laughs> up. Like, come on, guys. Uh, but anyway. 
I, you know, I mean, look, she got beaten handedly by J.J. Aldridge. Uh, then she gets the fight with Cyphers. It was a close one. She loses that. And then she gets armbarred by Macedo in her third one. So, I mean, I guess it could only go up from here. But, uh, man, I feel like Whitmire is just a more well-rounded fighter. I feel like uh, against certain opponents, she can be a little bit more confident. Uh, I just think that she's got more well-rounded skills. And I just, from a betting perspective, would never play Pollyanna Viana at minus money. Maybe I'm wrong. But, uh I mean, look, Winmire's definitely pulled her sense, but at least the two girls that she lost to, I, I feel like are somewhat, like, you know, respectable. Um, so I'll, I'll take her. Yeah, look, uh, it's a tough one to call. I think it's a coin flip type fight. I will slightly lean on the opposite side and actually take uh, Pollyanna Viana here. You know, she actually has a knockout win over Rebus. Granted, it was a long-ass time ago, but... It's like Batgirl beating Kaikara first. <laughs> you know, with, with Whitmire, it's one of those things where if she doesn't get her first round sub, you know, she kind of does check out a little bit there. And with Pollyanna Vienna, even in that last fight against Veronica Macedo, when you look at the result on paper, yeah, it was a first round submission. But prior to that point, she was landing some hard kicks. She was going at her aggressively. And I feel like if she does something like that here against Emily Whitmire, she can get the upper hand. So I'm going to slightly lean with Pollyanna Vienna in this spot. Next up in the middleweight division, we got a matchup between Duran Wynn, he's six and one, and Gerald Mershart is thirty and twelve. Currently, they got Duran Wynn minus one forty, and the comeback on Gerald Mershart is plus one twenty. Well, Shaq, uh, do you think a five foot six guy with a six and one record can beat Gerald Mershart in a fight? Yeah, it's a good matchup, man. I feel like this is a good matchup between talent and. Uh you know, experience. You got Duran Wynn, even though he's five six. He, I mean, he's very talented, man. He's got some power, very good takedowns. He's a little bit of a liability in the clinch. Uh, Mershart's got good subs, underrated boxing. I mean, Mershart has got a hard body kick uh, as well that he's finished a lot of guys with. So it's going to be a really good fight, man. I see this being a dog fight between two guys that honestly need a win. I feel like Mershart really needs this win. I mean, if he loses this. You know, he could be potentially on the chopping block his next fight or, you know, something like that. And when he's super hyped up, man, so he's got to win this fight. You don't want to lose two in a row. I think there's a chance that Wynn could be swimming with some sharks that he's not ready yet for. You know, he's swimming with Stewart and Mershart, these guys that are been fighting for a long time. And like you said, he's only got seven fights in the spicy fight. You know, he definitely put it on spicy, beat him up the first two rounds. But there was plenty of moments, man, where you had to hold your breath just because he's so, so uh, you know, his, his stature is very scary at times. And, uh, you know, when he's swimming with these big boys like Mershart and, and uh and and Darren Stewart so I think that uh you know on the other side you got Mershard who I think that kind of like what I said about Kevin Aguilar a couple weeks ago not that I think Mershard is that severe but I do think that there's a chance that Mershard starts to get more figured out along the way like you know he's not the most athletic guy uh he kind of puts himself in a lot of bad positions and you know now he's fighting a really good wrestler so you know possibly who could stall him out in certain positions like that uh and he did get some good takedowns on on Darren Stewart is why I say that so I think that uh Mershart definitely has a lot of tricks up his sleeve more experience uh, so I mean I understand why one would take a dog shot on him but I think that when I want to see what happens on the scales if he makes weight, because, you know, he did miss uh, weight for his last fight by two and a half pounds. He said he, uh, you know, he, he he was eating, man. He said, <laughs> let's see if that he makes That 50K bonus got <laughs> to his head. 50 G's uh, 
Got some. I want to see if he makes weight this weekend, and uh, and if he does that, I actually think he he's gonna edge out Mershard. I think it is gonna be a tough fight, man. I do think both guys are gonna have their moments. Mershard, like I said, a guy with a lot of tricks up his sleeve, but I just feel like when you know can really hurt. Possibly, I, you know, I know Eric Anders is a big guy, and Mershard stood in the pocket with him toe to toe those last two rounds. But I I kind of feel like. Uh, there's a chance that even at five six, Wynn has better boxing and more power than Anders, uh, even with their with their physiques being a lot different. So I think he could really uh, touch Murchard up early and get off to a big lead. So I'm gonna pick him for a, a decision win, twenty nine twenty eight. So when this fight was first announced, before I watched any tape on it, I was leaning towards Gerald Murchard's way. You know, he's very hungry for this fight. I heard that he's been getting up for this one, super motivated. Dude's got a serious body kick, a black belt in jujitsu. You start scrambling with a guy like Gerald Murchard, you better watch your neck. And uh, this kid, Duran Wynn, doesn't really have a neck shack. But uh, what I like about Duran Wynn, look, just on paper, he's only 6-1. and one, He's five foot six. You think he doesn't quite have the experience. But then you go back, you look at the wrestling credentials, you see who he's in there in the gym with, and you see his performances inside the octagon. Look, even though he lost his last fight to Darren Stewart, I felt like it was a much better performance than the one against Eric Spicely, which we had money on him against Spicely. We were in attendance in Greenville, Carolina, and dude, let me tell you what, when he was getting caught with those knees, we were like, Duran, no! <laughs> so, you know, Duran, please! And Duran didn't want to take him down because, you know, Spicely's good at attacking with subs off his back. Now, with Gerald, he's not really known for triangles off his back. He's more so on the entry to the takedown, he can snatch up a neck. So that's where Duran needs to be super careful, especially in the second and third round, because Duran's going to come out hard. He's going to win this first round. We know that already. But as the fight progresses and Duran starts to slow down, that's when a guy like Gerald, who's such a vet, who's so savvy, can go out there, take over the second and third rounds, potentially snatch up his neck and choke him out, maybe drop him with a body kick too. So Duran's got to come in here in the best conditioning he's ever been in in his life. And if he does that, I think he's going to pass this test, man, because the blueprint's been laid out. You go out there, outstrike Gerald Mershar, mix in takedowns, don't get caught with something silly, and you win this fight. So I'm going to go with Duran win here to get the win. Now, next up in the middleweight division, we got a matchup between Rodolfo Vieira. He's 6-0, and and Saperbeg Safarov is 9-2. and Currently, they got Rodolfo Vieira, minus 650. The comeback on Saperbeg Safarov is plus 475. Well, I'll take this one first, man. So, some action's been coming in on, on uh, Saperbeg Safarov. You know, uh, the Rodolfo Vieira line was minus 800 earlier in the week. Now it's minus 650. And, you know, it's one of these situations with Safarov. He's a very dirty guy. Like, uh, he will grab the inside of your gloves. He will eye gouge you. He'll grab that fence, nuts. kick you in the nuts a couple <laughs> times. And you, w the ref warns this guy. He doesn't care. He, he, he'll, he'll push <laughs> the ref out. <laughs> and, and he has uh, punched refs in the past. He's knocked guys out at weigh-ins. So he actually slapped the you know, guy. I love but, uh, this guy, Safarov. Safarov's hilarious. It's going to be interesting to see what he does here. But all I got to say about this matchup, uh, we know a lot about Rodolfo Vieira because he trains with our good friend and best fight pick sponsored athlete, Jared Nitrain Gooden. So Jared told us about what their uh, roles are like. And let's just say uh, one takedown and the fight will be over shortly after. So I'm going Rodolfo Vieira via first round submission, Shaq. Yeah, I mean, they don't call him the black belt killer for, for no reason. He just killed uh, a black belt his previous fight against Pihota. And, yeah, man, Safarov's a dirty guy. I mean, look, Safarov hits extremely hard early. Riera's got to be very careful. So I, I see why some people took a little stab on it at the – at the big dogs and uh, I mean Safarov man you gotta can't you can't forget one of his legs is kind of really messed up man <laughs> yeah. so like he's got a time limit on how live he is I think he's gonna be live for a couple of minutes but like you said when he gets his takedown when Safarov slows down Vieira should take over and get this finish 
Now, next up in the lightweight division, we got a matchup between the Danish Olympian Marco Madsen. He's 9-0, and and the former LFA lightweight champion Austin Hubbard is 11-3. and Currently, they got... Mark Madsen, minus 225. The comeback on Austin Hubbard is plus 185. Well, Shaq, I've been very critical of Austin Hubbard. I've even gone as far as saying that the guy is somewhat harmless. But I got to give him a lot of credit because even though he doesn't really dish out much offense, the guy can take an ass whooping like no one's business. So I, I got a lot of respect for a guy like Austin Hubbard just in the sense that we were all expecting him to go out there and get crushed by Davi Hamosh in a way where I thought they were going to cut him off one fight, you know. But then he goes back out there against Kyle Prepolek. Whether the early storm comes back and uh, wins the second and third round, so I was definitely impressed with what he brought to the table. Now it's just one of these things where Marco Madsen, look, he's got a big wrestling advantage here. Obviously he's got the, the Olympic credentials, and I think he's going to mix in some blast doubles here. He's going to be able to get some nice top control on a guy like Austin Hubbard. It's just about... Is he going to expend too much energy and start gassing out midway through the fight where a guy like Austin Hubbard has historically been able to take over? But I personally don't think so, Shaq. I think that Mark Madsen does have the mental, uh, just the mental clarity and the motivation, the determination to go out here and stay composed for these 15 minutes and at least win two of the three rounds if he doesn't go out there and finish him. So I'm going with Mark Madsen to win this fight, Shaq. Yeah, man, this is an interesting one because, you know, Hubbard, uh, like you said, you said he's harmless at times. And, yeah, we we said that in the past. And he does kind of back up a lot. He kind of doesn't really like to engage much. He likes to use his movement and jab and if he can out-wrestle guys. But, man, that style has got him some legit wins out there on the regional scene. Uh, and Mark Madsen, man, the jury's still out on him a little bit. And I know he finished uh, Danilo Bellardo, but... <laughs> Danilo, if you haven't figured out how to if finish, you haven't finished out how to knock out Danilo, Danilo Bellardo. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. So, um, I do the fact that I think uh, what the, what the line open at if I'm not minus seven fifty. So and now it's I think okay now we're back at what minus two some two fifty two twenty five. I even feel like it could possibly be lying closer just because like. Mark Madsen's been having these tailor-made fights, you know, not really challenged. At least we can say, even though Austin Hubbard isn't very impressive, on paper he has earned his way here 100% by beating legitimate guys, you know, the uh, whole way through. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, yeah, you know, I slightly do lean Madsen just because, you know, Austin Hubbard kind of has the the tendency to shy away and back up. But, man, he did take that beating from Prepolek. But Prepolek, man, uh, when Hubbard took him down, it seemed like he had no no answer for it, man. So I think Matson probably will have an answer for it. I'll take Matson by close, close decision. But, like, you see how we're talking and the, where this fight's lined at. We feel like, you know, I, I mean, look, Matson's an Olympian, but, you know, this is MMA, you know, and he hasn't really done anything significant. So uh, I'll pick him for a win, but from a betting perspective, dogger pass. Now, next up in the Bantamweight division, we got a matchup between Sean O'Malley. He's 10-0, and Jose Quinones is 8-3. Currently, they got Sugar Sean O'Malley, minus 370. The comeback on Jose Teco Quinones 
is plus 310. Well, Shaq, these two were supposed to meet two years ago. They reserved this matchup for Sean O'Malley. Now he makes his return. Uh, you think he gets back on track? Not that he ever got off track, but he's been sidelined for two years. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a big fan of O'Malley. I think he's got a lot of talent. It's just, you know, this is a layoff, and he's had a lot of shit going on. Uh, but I think the kid's very focused. And, you know, Jose T Jose Teco Quinones is a guy I've always been high on as well. So, you know, I'm glad to see these guys finally run it. Jose's known for his movement, kind of similar to Dominic Cruz. Uh, his last fight, man, he put on a clinic with the takedowns against Houchin. And do I feel like this fight, I do feel like O'Malley's going to win most likely and get the decision or possibly a knockout. We know that Teco is very chinny. He's been knocked out stiff several times, hurt several times in his fights. Uh, so we can't forget that. But we also can't forget that O'Malley has been taken down and he's, you know, struggled with, uh, I mean, he lost rounds to Tyrion where he did a, uh, you know, his leg did give out against Sukumthath. Uh, he, he, you know, he has been tough. I mean, I've seen O'Malley quit before in a, in a fight. I mean, you remember that fight <laughs> back in the day. So what I'm saying is I feel like Teko is a lot uh, more suited this time two years later if, you know, they would have fought two years ago when the momentum train was really on. I feel like now... This is, you know, this possibly could be a fight, man. O'Malley might be a little bit rusty. So, you know, I'm going to pick O'Malley for a win. I think he's just a way better striker in the power, the feints, the move, the kid, the slips. I mean, the kids, I mean, the show he put on on Contender Series, I mean, people are going crazy in that arena. I mean, if he was Snoop Dogg, I mean, if I had to fire him one up right after that, man, with Casey Kinney and O'Malley. So I'm going to pick him for the win here. Um, but I don't, as of right now, I don't want to say there's, I don't, I just don't think there's much value on the line as right now man i'll never forget snoop dogg's reaction to that o'malley knockout o'malley <laughs> o'malley like it was fucking amazing but uh look the kid has lived up to the hype in his two ufc fights i think that he's got a lot of potential with his striking style and his mindset what he brings to the game he's definitely got some star qualities too and it looks like he's trying to improve his jujitsu i mean he's out here training with guys like tanquino multiple times a week if you, go, you guys don't know augusto mendez you know a great jujitsu practitioner there a very high level black belt so the kid's been putting in the, the proper amount of work. And with Teco Quinones, I love his style. He's kind of like a Mexican Dominic Cruz a little bit. But the issue is, man, ever since he took that fight with Davi Hamosh a long, long time ago, which you guys got to watch, by the way, his chin has never been the same. And we're talking about in matchups that he should just run through these guys. He's getting wobbled. And we're like, man, so a real striker was going to go out there and floor him. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen on Saturday night, Shaq. I do think it's going to be a pull count or something like that, a one-two down the pipe. I think Sean O'Malley is going to knock out Jose Teco Quinones. Now, next up in the welterweight division, we got a matchup between Alex Cowboy Oliveira. He's 20 and 8, and Max Payne Griffin is 15 and 7. Currently, they got Alex Oliveira minus 140. The comeback on Max Griffin is plus 120. Shaq, uh, both these guys are welterweight veterans. I'm surprised they haven't fought yet, but they finally meet this Saturday. Historically speaking, it should be a very exciting fight. Both desperately need a win. Who do you think gets it? Tough fight, man, because Alex Cowboy, a lot of people thought he got screwed his last fight. Uh, and Griffin, you know, I actually faded him his last fight. And I, I just think Griffin, there's a, ch you know, that he's just very basic, slow, flat-footed. Hits very hard, but he gasses out in pretty much every fight. Uh, he's below 500. Lost to Tiago Alves. I mean, you know, Griffin is... The Zaleem Amadaya fight. Zaleem's a complete fraud, guys, if y'all haven't found that out, by the way. So, uh, you know, I think that Alex Cowboy, actually, this is, a I feel like, a more suitable opponent for him. I feel like Dalby uh, was coming in with a lot of momentum from Cage Warriors, and 
Uh, who's Dobby fighting? He's fighting Hot Chocolate, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, Hot Chocolate. Co-main event no, in London. You know, Hot Chocolate ain't losing in London. But uh, I think uh, Alex Cowboy, you know, he was in some good spots in that fight. And, yes, he has been continuous, continually putting himself in these stunt positions. And, you know, I'm talking about where he's smashing Gunnar Nelson and then all of a sudden <laughs> Gunnar's on his back and you're like, Alex, wait, no. And then he was showing signs of that in the Condit fight. I don't know you remember that one. We had a max bet on him in that fight. And we were like, <laughs> Alex, wait. <laughs> and he gets his back taken by Condit. I was Alex, like, no. Alex, no. And Alex will tap. So, you know, I, don't, I just don't think Max Griffin is capable of that. I just think Max, I just consider Max just a, a hard-hitting, tough, basic guy, flat-footed. And, and I really think Alex could get the win here. And I kind of have a feeling that it's kind of lined a little bit too low. Because, I mean, in their primes, you know what Alex Cowboy would have done to Max Griffin? I mean, this would have been a formality. He would have put Max Griffin down real quick, man. So, uh, Max Griffin's a tough guy. I respect him. But I just see him continually going down the Salim uh, and Madaya fight, which was a majority. I mean, I was there. I mean, the crowd was we were uh, the crowd was booing Griffin at times. We were like, bro, he's stalling. You know what I'm saying? So, it was a great fight, though. I'm, 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 I'm exaggerating about that a little bit. But I'm going to uh, go with Alex Cowboy. By TKO finish in the first round I think he finally gets back on track I think this is a step down for him And uh, we'll see man But uh, can you trust him? He has been pulling stunts Um, He pulled another stunt too Oh yeah, the Mike Perry fight Where he kind of Man, that was bad uh, Yeah I mean, maybe I'm wrong But uh, Max Griffin, man I just don't think he's good enough So I'll take uh, Alex Cowboy yeah, look, like you mentioned, in their primes, uh, Alex Cowboy is going to knee this guy in the body to oblivion. Look, when you talk about a serious tie-up against the fence and those hard knees to the body and to the face, uh, I used to love that about Alex Cowboy. Man, he's such a physical guy, and he was also the kind of guy that you hit him with. You know what it was? It was the Yancey fight, bro. You know, he hasn't been the same since. You think that Yancey fight took everything out of him? I mean, has Yancey been the same since? Yancey's looked like dog shit <laughs> since then. Um, but, uh you know, it used to be a situation where you would hit Alex Cowboy with your hardest shot, and it hurts you more than it hurts him. You know, he was one of those guys, but always susceptible to the submission. But but stand-up-wise and in the clinch, the guy's a monster. And with Max Griffin, he's also somewhat of a physical guy, you know, but he's kind of always been, you know, a 500 or under 500 kind of guy. He's never really, besides the Mike Perry fight, and I guess he had a fight of the night with Zaleski. So he's always been an exciting guy, but he's never really truly gotten over that hump. This would be the biggest win of his career if he can come out here and get it, but uh, I'm not convinced he does, man. Even though Cowboy's been showing some signs of decline, he still had some good moments uh, in that last fight with Dalby, and I think he'll have some better moments here. So I'm going to go with Alex Cowboy to win this fight as well. Now, next up in the welterweight division, we got a matchup between Lee the Leech Jingliang. He's 17-5, and five, and Neil Magny is 21-7. and seven. Currently, they got Lee Jingliang, minus 175. The comeback on Neil Magny is plus 155. Well, Shaq, I know they remember when we went out there and bet big on Santiago Ponzinibbio to destroy Neil Magny. That's exactly what happened, and... Uh, now Neil Magny's making his return. It's been two years, a couple of USADA violations later. He's got to take it's on the Leech. Or just one? I, I thought it was two, right? Yeah. But either it's way, just, either way, uh, <laughs> my boy was out there on that LGD 4033, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, look, uh, Li Jingliang is an interesting guy. He's coming off the biggest win of his career over Zaleski. But aside from that, he seems to get dropped every fight. Can he keep it together here and finish Magny? Yeah, it's a great matchup, man, because I think that Magny has achieved a lot of great things in his career. He beat Carlos Condit. He beat Johnny Hendricks, Hector Lombard. 
uh, Tim Means. I mean, he's done it all. There's a chance that after this layoff in 2020, the with the way the with the way these welterweights are now, man. I mean, I had Elizu beating Magni, uh, you know, for his for that. I thought he was gonna fight Magni uh, when he fought Lee, you know. And I think that Magni just in 2020 that pitter patter style with the jab and the the little side kicks and it's just not gonna it's not gonna work anymore in my opinion i feel like there's a chance he looks significantly diminished in his last fight and how and how everyone remembers magni i know on his comeback magni was that hard worker and magni you know the underdog guy but i think he was an overachiever and i think that overachievers eventually you know have to get set back to reality and you know i feel like a lot of people can't remember when magni fought lorenz larkin you know remember magni was number seven in the world at that time lorenz was unranked and you've seen how these unranked guys came in there and you know absolutely treated him like he was an unranked guy you know what i'm saying uh even his win against hector lombard let's not forget that he was getting smashed on i almost thought the fight i mean i had a bet on magni but you know, I, I thought the I thought the fight was gonna get stopped several times. You know what I'm saying? Uh, even the Kelvin Gaslam fight, which was a huge upset at the time. You know, he did slow down in those late rounds. He got dropped in those fights. The Johnny Hendricks fight, one of his wins. I mean, Hendricks had a very good round against him when he missed weight by three rounds. So I feel like the facts have always been that Magny doesn't like pressure. Magny doesn't like calf kicks. Magny just doesn't like big power strikers in his face. And I feel like, you know, although Lee Jingliang has been dropped a lot, you know, he's been hurt a lot in his fights, I just don't feel like Magny in that specific aspect of the game presents that type of danger, man. I feel like Lee is getting a little bit more cautious since the Matthews fight. He was went out there and picked apart Darcia B for three rounds with the low kicks. Uh, we know that Magny's legs cannot handle the the low kicks, man. The Lorenz fight, his legs gave out on him. The Pons fight, he was hobbling around on one leg. And the fights were over right away. So I feel like Lee Jingyong, this is a perfect fight for him to get his, his name in those rankings. I feel like he's going to walk Magni down. You know, uh, although Magni's got the reach advantage, he has a reach advantage over everyone, man. And I think that uh, he can close the distance on Magni, chop him down with the low kicks, and then, you know, close the distance with the hands and really start to hurt Magni. And I think he honestly dominates Neil Magni. I know Neil is very good at squirming around in there and, you know, taking beatings. And, I mean, he can he can take a whooping and, and you know, run away for a, for a good little bit. But I think Lee Jinglong beats him up every round and wins a decision. Look, the last three times that Neil Magny fought someone relevant, he got absolutely blown out the water in a way where I start to question how this guy was even ranked at one point. And, you know, you can bring up this Kelvin Gastelum fight, but guys, that was in, you know what year that was in? That was in 2015. What was the, what was the uh, who else fought on that night? Like, just to put it in perspective, guys, that was half a decade ago. Like, <laughs> the first fight of the night was Michelle Prezerish versus Valmir Lazaro. You know, I bet on Lazaro that night. Yeah, Lazaro got robbed. And to this day, I feel like I got robbed. But uh, the co-main event was Ricardo Lamas versus Diego Sanchez. Just to put it in perspective, Henry Cejudo fought Juicier Formiga, and it wasn't even a co-main event. Okay, guys, that's that's when, uh, when Neil fought someone relevant and actually won half a decade ago. But since that point, I mean, do you put any stock in the beating Craig White? I'll, I'll tell you what I do put stock into, not being able to take down Craig White. That's pretty embarrassing, man. Like, Craig White, I mean, Diego Sanchez run, ran through that guy like it was nothing. And Craig White's the biggest joke we've ever seen in, in the UFC's history, and that's the last time Neil Magny won a fight. Prior to that, he beat the ghost of Carlos Condit, the ghost of Johnny Hendricks, the ghost of Hector Lombard. Guys, it's over. And with Li Jing Liang, 
obviously we don't like the fact that he gets dropped every single fight but aside from that he's solid man and he's solid everywhere he can get back up from bottom and on the feet the guy lands with a vicious assault that's why he's got so many finishes in, in the ufc and i felt like he really rose to the occasion in that last fight look he had an opportunity to go out there and fight a top 20 guy against Jake Matthews or a top 25 guy. Shit didn't go his way, and we thought that might be it, that he might have hit his ceiling. But, man, since that point, to go out there and not just beat Zaleski, but to knock him out the way he did, that shows me that Jing Liang is making improvements. He also didn't get dropped in that fight, which was a step in the right direction. And they've been trying to set up Neil at every, at every corner, man. They try to set him up with Zaleski. Unfortunately, couldn't make it to that fight. So then Zaleski got the Lee fight. Then they tried to set him up with Vicente Luque, but Neil popped. Yeah, we were ready on Luque for that one. <laughs> we were ready for a 10-unit play on <laughs> Luque there. But now uh, Li Jingliang gets to feast on the carcass, and I think that's exactly what he's going to do, man. So I'm going to go with Li Jingliang here via knockout. Now next up in the lightweight division, we got a matchup between Benil Dariush, he's 17-4, and four, and Drakkar Close is 11-1. and one. Currently, they got Benil Dariush minus 165. The comeback on Drakkar Close is plus 145. Shaq, this is an interesting matchup, and I'm going to take this one first. Look, I feel like Benil Dariush is a much better fighter than Drakkar Close in every aspect of the game. It's just there's one big factor we have to mention here, and that's the cardio. And that's uh that's an area where Drakkar could uh you know you could could look to take advantage because look Benil Man, on the feet, the dude's got a serious body kick, which he's had for years. The leg kicks. Uh, he's got a nice Superman punch on the mat. You already know about his jiu-jitsu credentials. Look, Benil, I cannot say enough good things about Benil Dariush. And I stand by my claim that he was at one point a top-five lightweight contender back when he beat Michael Johnson. But since that point, now he's kind of, you know, top 25. This is a big opportunity for Drakkar Close. And what Drakkar brings to the table is the guy's pretty much a bully. Look, he's got nice calf kicks. But what he does is you start to slow down on a guy like Drakkar close and he will turn up especially in that second and third round so that's what Benil needs to look out for but if Benil paces himself the right way look but I'm not convinced that Drakkar gets out the first round but if Drakkar does get out the first round which he's managed to do in most of his UFC fights uh Benil's got to pace himself well he's got to manage his cardio if he's able to manage that output the right way I think Benil is the far superior fighter and will win this fight it's just about you know in that late second round if he starts huffing and puffing you know a guy like Drakkar is going to push on that gas and go forward hard and look to break him so I understand people taking the dog shot on Drakkar for that reason you're hoping he comes out here and breaks Benil late capitalizes on a gassed opponent but if that doesn't happen, I think Benil is going to severely outclass him. So I'm going to I'm gonna slightly agree with Benil uh, being the favorite here, and I will take him in the spot, Shaq. Yeah, man, this is a good fight. Jakar Close is, you know, a, like you said, a bully. He bounced back from his one loss against Tamar. Benil's on a three-fight win streak, Moises, Dober, and... Uh, and Frank Camacho. The Moises fight, you know, he did his thing there. And the, but the Dober and Camacho fight in specifically, you know, he was getting touched up by Dober a lot early on in those fights. Dober's super aggressive. And, you know, he was able to just capitalize when he got the fight to the mat. And, you know, he was able to get the submission. And Camacho just kind of picked him apart on the feet. One takedown, boom, got on top of him. And, and, and that was it. So I still feel like the jury is out on him, you know, going like in a, you know, in the late rounds, 100%. Uh, I mean, we still kind of have 
haven't seen what happens uh, if he's in there with the real dog, man. So uh, I, I feel like Close is kind of that dog, kind of like you said with O'Malley uh, training with Tankino. Jakar Close has also been training there for this fight in preparation. Uh, he's training at Fight Ready. I feel like Jakar Close, yeah, he's not the best technical guy, but man, he's got a really good shin. He is very reckless early, and he kind of makes guys react, and he makes guys, you know... Uh, with the calf kicks, he makes them exert a lot of energy. And he, you know, even though he'll shoot and he might not get it, and it is kind of sloppy, but he just makes guys work. He gets in that clinch. He's a typical lab fighter. That's where he comes from. He's at a different gym now. But, I mean, Jakar Close, man, he was kind of underrated to me. So I think that uh, Jakar Close, this is a perfect recipe for him to get an upset. I feel like a lot of people are are high on Dariush, and, and rightfully so. I mean, he has been looking good lately, but are high on him at minus 170. I think that uh, it could potentially be a recipe for Jakar to come in here and get an upset, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think that I, I'm not convinced that the first round is going to be this this one-sided thing that people think. I know he looked good against Camacho, but could, I feel like Jakar is just younger, hung, hungrier, stronger, just way better than Frank Camacho. And, uh, you know, he has gotten his back taken several times, and I'm interested to see what happens if uh, he's able to get out of it. But one thing I can't say is, you know, that Dober submission, Dober actually did get out of his back. Man, it's just Dober, he went for a takedown himself, and then Darius uh, reversed it, and that was it. So I'm going to go with close for an upset here. I feel like the line's off. I feel like it should be a pick em, and I think uh, close it, uh, is going to get I'm going to say third-round knockout. So Jakar Close has been uh, training at Fight Ready, huh? Yeah. Or as we like to say in Brazil, Shaq, Fight Chetty. Co-main event of the evening for the strawweight belt, we got the champion, Wiley Zhang. She's 20-1. and one, And the former champion, Joanna Janjacek, is 16-3. and three. Currently, they got Wiley Zhang, minus 160. The comeback on Joanna Janjacek is plus 140. Well, Shaq, uh, strawweight title is on the line. You think uh, the boogie woman is uh, going to hold that belt once again? Man, usually long-reigning champs like Joanna usually don't ever get their belts back, and that's just facts. I mean, I mean, name name one long-reigning champ besides T.J. Dillashaw. Don't count him just because fucking he's a cheater. But I mean, aside from Stipe, I can't really. I mean, I the thing with Aldo was you really count beating Frankie Edgar as a winning a belt back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you could say, and and John Jones never truly lost his belt. So I guess only Randy Couture and Stipe. Yeah, so long-reigning champs usually don't get their belts back. And Joanna, I think it's usually the same thing. You know, uh, high volume, high pace, point fighting attack, good in the clinch. She's good everywhere, man. She's world-class still, in my opinion. I mean, you see what happens when she takes those step down in competition. She absolutely blows those girls out the water. Like, you know, they got no business being in there with her. Um, and Wiley Zhang, it's, it's really interesting because before this Zhang fight, she definitely won all those rounds and she did her thing it was just at times you know i just wasn't you know all the way impressed but the knockout it was definitely impressive but a part of me also feels like Joanna's she's it's gonna be a lot harder to find the knockout this time i mean andrage with all due respect you know a good champion as well but you know, I truly believe that that night, a lot of those people fighting that weren't from China, you know, look how they looked that night. And and, and, and also another thing is, you know, Anna's not going to, you know, close her eyes and swing big to two big wild hooks, you know. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. So I think Joanna's definitely still chinny. And, but now we're going to really see what Wiley Zhang's got. And now we're going to really see, uh, 
you know, her technical prowess. You know, now she's really going to have to be in a point battle here in some spurts of time. Like we saw with the Rose Namajunas fight, uh, Rose knocked her out in the first fight, but we bet on Rose again in the second fight. But it was that dog money. And uh, Rose Namajunas kind of did slow down in those late rounds, but she was able to stun Joanna several times in the early rounds. So I feel like a possible similar thing could happen here where saying might be losing slightly a point a point match but every time that she touches Joanna Joanna might wobble stun I mean she's got that euro chin and you know that, that euro chin uh, it's a tough it's a tough one to get rid of I mean once you get euro chin that's it so, <laughs> I'm just kidding but uh I think that uh Wiley Zhang should be favored but from a betting perspective I'm not even saying it's dog or pass I just don't know that if Wiley Zhang has still proven herself. I know the Andrade fight was spectacular, but now she's got a lot to live up to now. And I'm just not 100% sure if something like that, something like that is going to happen again. You know, and she's minus 170. So, I mean, or minus 160. At least the good side is more... Uh, slightly more uh, money is on Joanna. So, I, I guess that's, like, a slightly good thing. But, uh, you know, I'm a picker for the win. Who? I'm going to pick Wiley Zhang for the win. Uh, I'm going to say it's a close decision. I think, uh, you know, that she will be tested in this fight, but I do think the power is going to edge her out this fight. Maybe she gets a knockdown somewhere along the way, and uh, I think she retains her title belt. But I think it, I think it's going to be a good fight. Yeah, look, uh, Wiley Zhang doesn't need a finish to win this fight. She can win a decision by landing the harder shots and mixing in takedowns, specifically body locks and trips, which we've seen work on Joanna in the past. Shaq, did you know uh, Joanna's been taken down 23 times in her UFC career? Not to mention, uh, Joanna has an extremely suspect chin, and this is nothing new. Joanna's been dropped five times in UFC competition, and I'm not just referring to Rose Namajunas knocking her head into the fifth row either, Shaq. How about that time Claudia Gadel knocked her down with a jab how about that time our favorite sweetheart carolina had joanna doing the macarena in the fourth round of their fight at madison square garden in new york city and i'm supposed to brush it off like nothing happened look joanna can point her finger she can say she's the straw weight queen posture do all these things but the bottom line is saturday night in las vegas nevada at the t-mobile arena wiley zhang's walking out the undisputed champion main event of the evening for the middleweight belt, we got the champion, Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya. He's 18-0, and 0, and Yoel, the soldier of God, Romero, is 13-4. and 4. Currently, they got Israel Adesanya, minus 270. The comeback on Yoel Romero is plus 230. Well, Shaq, uh, the talk is over. They finally meet inside the UFC's octagon. We have a feeling, look, if this goes the full five-round distance, Israel is going to rack up the points. The question is, can third round Yoel or fifth round Yoel come out here and uh, put an end to things, starch him? Yeah, you know, I feel like this fight is kind of simple, man. I feel like Izzy cannot lose a decision here. I feel like his volume is too much. Uh, I mean, his distance is going to be on too much on point. Yoel already backs up a lot. Yoel already likes to take breaks. And Yoel's very unorthodox. You know, he at, Izzy can definitely throw more strikes. I mean, that's 100%. And I think that Yoel... Uh, you know, he's got the devastating power. He always lie for the knockout. He'll never count Yoel out of a fight. But, man, Izzy, man, 
if he's focused, as long as his head straight, as long as, you know, uh, he's not too cocky, man, I honestly think he's going to pick apart Yoel Romero, man. I think Yoel has had a great run. He's a legend. But, you know, I just feel like this is more of a kind of like similar to the Silva fight, you know, for the fans. Uh, Yoel's only live for the knockout here. He did have a good, but I still feel like the third round wasn't as Yoel one-sided as people think it was against Costa. I mean, Costa, I don't want to say, I mean, it was a close round to me, man. So. I feel like uh, Israel Adesanya is going to come out here, do his thing, touch OL up, but he's going to have to keep doing it for five rounds. And I do think that, obviously, he gets into some 50-50 exchanges here along the way like he did in the Kelvin and in the Rob fight at times. But I just feel like, man, he's so much for uh, the distance here. I think he's going to be able to back him up, and just, especially with the kicks, blast him. And I think he should win this decision. And I think he will play things safe. When he gets in there and realizes, you know, that he, he took a, a really risky fight, he's going to play things safe. Uh, and I think he's going to win a, a lopsided decision here. So I'll go with the Israel Adesanya. Yeah, man, look, I don't really have some big elaborate breakdown of this fight. I think it's pretty, not simple, but it, it, it's, uh, you understand what the dynamic of this fight is. Look, Israel Adesanya is going to be picking him apart for the duration of this fight. It's just about when Yoel commits to his strikes, how much are they going to affect Israel Adesanya? Is Israel going to be able to dodge, use that head movement, that matrix-like Silva movement and get out the way? and land some big counters of his own because if he doesn't, he will be knocked out here. However, I think he does, man. I feel like, and I don't want to disrespect one of my all-time favorite fighters in Yoel Romero, a guy that I've cashed on multiple times back, back in his run when he was an underdog every single fight and he'd knock all these guys out in the third round. It was an amazing time to, to bet on Yoel Romero. But now, uh, man, we need that knockout punch more than ever, Shaq, to win this fight because he ain't winning a long-term battle against Israel Adesanya. Unless he can get, like, multiple knockdowns and mix in takedowns and do all these things, then he could win a decision. But historically speaking, Yoel Romero does not do good when fights go the full distance, man, in terms of the judges' scorecards, you know? Except that one time we cashed against Jacare. I know you remember that. So I, I do think that Israel Adesanya is going to pick apart... Yoel Romero, but uh, I'm also curious to see if this is the last time, like if Israel goes out here and wins this this fight, is this the last time that you get an under minus 300 line on him? Is he going to come out here and start being a big favorite every fight now? I'm just curious to see how this one plays out. But look, at the end of the day, I will go with the last style bender, Israel Adesanya, to, to remain the champion here. But Yoel's a guy that I don't feel comfortable putting money against because he's such a beast, especially minus money. Uh, dog money, especially in that Costa fight, that's a sharp play. But here, uh, I would personally sit back and watch it, but I understand I understand the case for both sides, man. I understand people wanting to parlay Israel Adesanya saying Yoel's time is up, but I also understand you see a plus 230 next to Yoel's name. Why not take the shot? So I understand both sides, but at the end of the day, I will go with Israel Adesanya and still the middleweight champion of the world. Well, Shaq, just got to quickly remind them to go to bestfightpicks.com. Use that promo code 2020 to save 20% off our bets at bestfightpicks.com. Now, Shaq, uh, let's answer uh, some of these fan questions, man. So GMO says, is it too early to get on the Fade the Sugar Show bandwagon? Yeah, I'd say so. I think it's too early, brother. Jack Scott wants to know what would happen if Cejudo fought Sanhagen and Yan. Um, I think he would. Sanhagen needs a couple, one or two more fights, uh, before he can get that. At least one. Uh, Yan has got this is his fight right here with Marais. So, 
we're about to see. But if they, if they, if I feel like Peter Yan, that would be a war. But I still think Cejudo would, would get both of them. Uh, man, I got to see what happens in their upcoming yeah, fights. I got to see how, because I mean, Cejudo demolished Marais. So let's see how Peter does. Dave says, what, w- what would you open the Joanna and Zhang line if the Zhang and Andrade fight never happened? Man, um, well, I guess Joanna would have to be the favorite if that never happened. Right? Yeah, I, I would line it a pick em if that never happened. Kevin says, if you and Shaq could each pluck one guy out of the NFL and NBA and make them start fighting, who would you choose? He would personally take Aaron Donald from the Rams and James Johnson from the Heat. So I would take uh, Julio Jones, Julio Jones versus John Jones, and then Trey Young versus Khabib. Trey Young versus Khabib? Yeah. Bro, Trey Young going to get... <laughs> well, you want to put him against Kamaru? <laughs> um, one guy from the NFL. What about... Uh, Let's go with uh, my boy Ezekiel Elliott. You know what I'm saying? Let's put him in that. Uh, with Stipe? Yeah. I guess he is a heavyweight or a light heavyweight. Uh, and then uh, basketball, let's put my boy uh, LeBron James in there, man. Let's put my boy LeBron in there with the. Uh, let's start him off with uh, Tim Means. You know, <laughs> no, he's way too big a heavyweight. Uh, what about Latifi versus yeah, LeBron right. James? <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding, but. Uh, my boy Sega Uppercut says, "Does Joanna's confidence seem contrived to you guys as well? She's out here lying to herself, according to him." Yeah, she always lies to herself. I mean, we said this before the uh, Rose Nami Yunus fight uh, rematch, but it was just based on the fact that Rose had already KO'd her stiff already. So, I mean, she, I mean, she is someone to. I mean, she gotta pump herself up, man. I don't blame her. Um, everyone's got a gimmick, you know, that's hers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she calls herself the straw weight queen. Uh, need I say more? <laughs> Sweetheart, you haven't touched a belt in years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moy's Noise says, does Shaq find Joanna attractive? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure, man. Ever since the those new, those, those new, uh... <laughs> Color of Money says, who will be the first contender series alum to win a UFC belt? Um, Sadiq Youssef or Jeff Edmund Shabazian, Jeff Neal, Montel Jackson. There's a lot of options. Yeah. All about Billion says, is the Ryan Hall hype justified? Well, what's the hype? I mean, are people saying he's going to be champion? I've never heard that. I mean, I, I, if the hype is he's an amazing leg lock guy, then that's 100% true. He's, he's, he's ranked, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or it was ranked. If he's ranked, it's towards it's like 14, the 15, end of the rankings. If he's ranked, I'm a. Well, ch- he's got to fight with Lamas. He can prove himself here again. He's number thirteen in the world. Yeah. So, you know, uh, after he leg locks Lamas, we can reassess the yeah. the situation. Um, Garrett Irwin says, "Do you think Figueroa and Benavides should run it back from uh, for the flyweight title? And do you see the result being any different?" Um, no, I don't see the result being any different. It's just a bad matchup for Benavides. Um, and should they run it back? I mean, looks like they're going to, so we don't really have is a that choice. Really in the happening? Yeah, that's what Dana said he wants. Oh my! So yeah, I guess uh, Joe B is going to get knocked out again. <laughs> Angel wants to know: Will Yan close as a minus two eighty or a minus three fifty favorite against Marlon? I, no I highly no doubt way. that. No way! Like no way! Is that high? Nah. Um, so AFC Bowie wants to know: As a UK fan. Who do you think the best UK prospect is? And according to him, it's Jack Shore. Um, UK, man, I, I like some of the Jack Shore. I like Meatball McCann. I like uh, I even Aaron like Stewart. Nathaniel Wood, despite uh, the loss. 
Yeah, he's good. Uh, Grundy's fighting here soon. <laughs> like, you guys got some guys, man. Leon's got a huge fight coming up on that same card. So those you those those UK those UK guys know how to get down. Yeah, you mentioned that. Look, Nat Wood, Molly McCann, Darren yeah. Stewart, Jack Shore. There's a lot of great UK prospects. And Fuego says, what are your thoughts on the Ankalaev-Kutalaba stoppage? Worst stoppage I've ever seen in my life. It was definitely a terrible stoppage. I mean, I honestly think he was rocked initially, but I also think towards the end of that whole, you know, uh, sequence that he kind of regained his, uh, you know, self and was kind of playing possum a little bit. Uh, he was throwing an overhand <laughs> right as the ref like, was stepping like, in. What are you doing, Kevin? The only time I ever liked when that guy uh, ref to fight was when he, he uh, stopped that Henry-TJ fight for us. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, you were out. <laughs> TJ, you, you were out, bro. <laughs> Havenwood Jim says, would Jalen Turner versus Luis Pena be the skinniest fight in UFC history? I actually said that. Like, that should be, like, their next fights uh, after they fought. So I'm down with that. Uh, actually, that would be a good fight. Shark says, who's the worst champion in UFC history from a fan's perspective? According to him, it's Kamaru Usman. No, it ain't Kamaru, bro. It's Nico Montano. The worst champion in UFC history? Nico yeah. Montano, yeah. Nico Montano. BP says, with Yan and Marlon matched up, does that mean we'll see Sanhagen versus Aljo? There's a good chance. More, more than likely. Make this a little tournament. Uh, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Magic Man says, Madsen and Vieira parlayed at minus 146 to me is juicy. Do you guys like this play? He says he doesn't see either guy losing. I mean, don't go big on it. Don't don't put your whole bank account on it. I think they both win. I favor them both. But, you know, are you getting much value at that line? That's the real question here. So good luck. Just don't go too big is what I would say. All right, some of our YouTube questions. Warrior wants to know, most overrated fighter in the UFC at the moment. Why, why do the fans love talking about overrated this, overrated that? But uh, who do you think is the most overrated fighter in the UFC at the moment? It's tough to say, honestly, man. Emil Meek. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of um, one. <laughs> what about um, like Corey? Oh no, I got one. Tom Breeze. Tom Breeze. Okay. What was up with the love last week? Y'all got to show us love for that Brandon Allen dog money. So Demitar wants to know: Do you think Tyron Woolley is going to retire after Leon Edwards decisions him twenty nine twenty six? No, because what's well, a it's a five round fight. Firstly, brother. Um. Well, if that happens, Tyron uh, spent all his money, bro. So Tyron's going to be out here fighting until the end. I mean, he's going to end up probably turning it into one of those guys that, uh, if y'all haven't heard, I mean, all the money he won from those belts, he blew. So. He blew his money, guys. <laughs> he's going to be fighting for a while, and he's going to have to, guys, in a couple of years, you know, depending on what happens in the Leon fight, I'll, I'll, you know. But uh, don't be shocked if you're seeing Woodley out here getting ran through by these prospects. You know, don't be shocked in a, in a year or two you see Ox Fighter out here knocking him out, <laughs> or uh, you know, who's the next uh, up and coming one seventy? You know, Jared Gooden. Yeah. So, uh, Aiden Rue says early thoughts on Maya versus Burns. My only thoughts on it is that the line might be a little bit wide, but gonna look into that definitely for sure. Warrior Bet MMA says, name a more embarrassing title defense than Andrade when she fought Zhang. What about when Aldo fought McGregor? Yeah. Um, Apex Gaming says, discuss please how you think Jorge and Usman will go. Does Street Jesus have a chance? 
Yeah, he definitely has a chance. You know, uh, George was on the record to say, bro, if you think that, you know, if you, if you think I'm Colby, you know, then uh, let's box then, you know what I'm saying? So we'll see. I, I think that uh, Usman had a great fight with Covington. I think he thought he proved himself. Uh, he's definitely got the, the tie-up clinch wrestling advantage for sure. He can strike too, man. He, he, he can hit. Um, definitely a little more stiffer. Jorge's real confident. But man, a part of me also feels like well, it's a whole different ball game than than Nate Diaz and uh and Ben Askren now. You know what I'm saying? So I slightly you know favor Usman, but uh, we'll see. What's the, if there is there a lineup? I think there is. If I'm I not think mistaken. Usman's probably slightly favored. Yeah, oh, by a decent bit. Yeah. Uh, wow. Minus two sixty. Yeah. Uh, Usman plus two hundred. Masvidal. So Slick Savage says, what should the UFC do to stop fighters from getting hit after they're clearly knocked out? For example, Ben Askren versus George. Well, that's not up to the UFC. That's up to the referees, and that and the referees are up to the athletic commission. So I guess the athletic commission would have to hire faster refs to run in there and stop the fight. MMA Quick Pick says, can Marco Madsen use and rely on his silver medal Olympic wrestling to get him the belt? No way. No. Always be on point, says, hi, guys. If Adesanya wins convincing at UFC 248, should he move up to 205 and challenge Jones? And should Romero then retire? Well, before he challenges Jones, he's got to fight Costa. So we, we got to see that fight. And then if he can beat Costa, then we can talk about Jones. Nick C says, this one's for you, Shaq. Is Drakkar close uh, max bet season? Because Nick is feeling like he is. Um, I don't know about Max Best season, bro, but you know, if you took a, a, a nice little stab on him, I definitely think it's uh warranted. Stilio Kanto says, When should Kutalaba and Ankalaev be run back? Should have been ran back this weekend, bro, but you know, it should be ran back soon. But I actually think that Ankalaev said he's not interested, so you know, if he has a choice in the matter between you, I mean, he does have a choice. He's one of Kadyrov's boys. <laughs> Sooner than later, if they are to fight. But the later it goes, the more irrelevant that matchup yeah. becomes. Cheese says, is Israel's takedown defense overrated? Um, no, he's got a great get-up game. He attacks from bottom now against wrestlers. Like, you saw him attack Kelvin with that triangle choke. Um, I think he's his full, well-rounded game is pretty damn good, man. So, no, I do not think that his takedown defense is overrated. Well, thank you guys so much for all these questions. Always love... Uh, getting you guys involved and interacting with you all. So thank you so much for that. Now, Shaq, we got to talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So what is the fight to watch for UFC 248? My fight to watch is going to be from my ex and for an entertainment standpoint, I'm going to say Alex Cowboy and Griffin. I know it's on the undercard, but both these guys have a history for getting fight of the nights for being in entertaining scraps. I mean, one thing you can't say about Griffin is that his fights aren't <laughs> that his fights aren't crazy, and same thing with Alex Scott Boys. So I got a feeling that fight's going to be a little chaotic in a in a little while. Yeah, look for me. I mean, obviously you got to watch an Alex Cowboy fight whenever he steps in there. But for me, my fight to watch is the co-main event between Wiley Zhang, Wiley champion. And Joanna Janjacek, uh, just the heat going into this fight. You know Joanna loves to play mind games with all her opponents. You know she likes to say that she's still the strawweight queen. Uh, every time she fights in a title fight nowadays, it's it's must-see TV. So I'm going with Zhang versus Joanna as the fight to watch. What excuse she makes after this? <laughs> <laughs> well, Shaq, who is your fighter to watch for UFC 248? 
Um, my fighter to watch is going to be Lee the Leech Jing Leung. I think he's got a good opportunity to come in here and represent, you know, his country of China, just like his teammate Yan Chao Nan did, you know, a couple of weeks back. And, you know, I feel like they have very similar scenarios here, you know, for their fighting guys on the way out, in my opinion. And I think, uh, he's going to be saying China power comes, comes uh, Saturday night. So Lee Jing Leung. Yeah, he's definitely one of the guys to watch. For me, my fighter to watch is Benil Dariush. Look, this is kind of a crossroads fight. I know the guy's on a three-fight win streak, but I feel like if he gets a fourth win in a row, all of a sudden, Benil Dariush can enter that top 20 conversation once again and if he loses this fight it's a massive setback and he'll have to rebuild himself once again so Benny's always an exciting guy to watch and uh for the the circumstances surrounding this fight for that reason Shaq Benil Dariush is my fighter to watch well Shaq we did it it's going down this Saturday in Las Vegas Nevada at the T-Mobile Arena Israel the last style bender Adesanya versus Yoel the soldier of God Romero they can follow you on Twitter at MMA Genius 05 they can follow you on instagram at shack bfp our official instagram is best fight picks official you can follow me on twitter at best fight picks you can get our plays at bestfightpicks.com if you want to deal with us individually use shack's promo code shack for 10 percent off or use my promo code dan for 10 percent off all lowercase at bestfightpicks.com make sure you subscribe to half the battle on itunes soundcloud youtube stitcher spotify and all the places where we are available we truly appreciate all your support and thank you guys for sticking with us and until the next time let's cash these bets